message is entitled self-control. Oh, yeah, I can hear you very excited. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Lock the doors. <laughs> self-control. You see, the natural man, a lack of self-control is actually pretty normal. And it's normal for most people to struggle with self-control because the truth is, is that we are naturally led by our feelings, our emotions. And the way that you grow up, the, your environment, you know, where you, where you grew up, your, the type of family you come out of will often, you know, sort of dictate the way that you react to things. So the Bible kind of tells us a little bit about what it will be like specifically in the end times. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy 3, verse number 1. 2 Timothy 3, verse number, number 1. It says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, just have to pause there just for a minute. <laughs> Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, and here it comes, without self-control, brutal, and despisers of good. Now, we could talk about all of those because they're all relevant and important, but really I want to focus this morning specifically on self-control, self-control. We need self-control. Can you all agree? Amen. Now, remember, in the world, you know, we can say, well, you know, for example, I come out of an Italian-Greek family. One side of my family is completely Greek, and the other side is completely Italian. When we come out the womb, we do so screaming. And I want you to know that that screaming never ends. We are a loud people. We respond with great excitement, and we, that's just how we are, you know. Now, that can be great, and, you know, when you go to a Greek Christmas, I want you to know that when there's talking at the table, you can't hear anything because <laughs> everybody's loud. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but you must understand that just because we're loud people doesn't mean that every time something comes my way that I must now be aggressive and loud in the way that I respond to it. That's the way that we are in our natural man, but the spiritual man must begin to exercise some self-control. So what I'm saying is I can't, based on the fact that because I'm half Italian, half Greek, always behave in that way. Now that's just a basic little something there just for you. Is that okay? You see, 1 Corinthians 3 verse number 1 says this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He's saying, listen, he's talking to the church. He's saying, listen, I want to talk to you as spiritual. I want to take you to that next level, but I can't do it because you are carnal. As Christians, we are supposed to grow. You know, when we get saved, we're very carnal. And as we grow in Christ, we should become less carnal. We should lean more not on our own understanding, but we should pray and seek his face and seek his word for truth and transformation. Amen. Amen. So he says, listen, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He's saying, listen, you guys are still like little babies. 
I fed you with milk and not with solid food. In other words, he's saying, listen, I have to teach you basic stuff. Because the solid food, he says, for, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. He says, for you are still carnal. And, and, and he's going to tell us how he knows that they're still carnal. He says, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So he's saying, listen, I want you to become spiritual. I want to take you to new dimensions. I want the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. I want you to see and go into more spiritual things so that you can become all that God has called you to be. He says, but listen, you still haven't learned how to not fight with each other. You still haven't learned how to control yourself. When something happens, you, 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 you don't exercise any self-control. By now, you should be getting a little bit better. Is that okay? We should be transforming. We should be being changed all the time. Now, this is not to make you feel guilty in any way, because the truth is, we all struggle in different areas. But we have to learn to exercise self-control. You see, the gifts alone, the abilities of God, the gifts the, the supernatural is a wonderful thing. But if your character has not been changed or developed, that, that gifting, that supernatural will actually be more harmful to you than anything else. And so it's so important that you pursue God first before you even pursue anything of the supernatural. Gifts and prophecy and, and, and laying on of hands, all that stuff is wonderful and such an awesome part of us being Christians. But the first place we should start is at home. And that should never end. Listen, I've been a pastor now for quite a while. And I've realized that there's still so much that has to change in me. I don't want to be this way tomorrow. I want to be closer to him. I want to be more like him tomorrow. And the next day, even more. Is that okay? So we should always have this desire. The Bible speaks about fruit. The Bible speaks about fruit. And one of those fruits is the fruit of the Spirit. Let's take a look at it. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. A definition for self-control, it's pretty self-explanatory, but in most biblical circles, it really is more referred to as controlling one's own desires. Now, that can be in so many different areas. Controlling your desires. Controlling your desires can be sexual desires. You must learn to control yourself. Man, you guys are on fire this morning. It's awesome. All right. You should control the way you manage your money. Amen. I know you like to shop, but you should be disciplined and not spend what you don't have. Are you with me? So we have to exercise self-control. Like I said, this can be a very, very vast subject. There's many areas that we have to change. It can be the way that we respond. And this is something that I think when it comes to self-control is something that we tend to kind of overlook. If something doesn't go your way, how do you respond to it? 
are you still throwing tantrums after being a Christian for 25 years? By now, you should start changing. Amen? Listen, the Bible says this, watch this. Proverbs 20, verse number one. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. If you can't exercise self-control in the way that you drink, you should not be doing it at all because it's going to lead you to destruction. So anything that, that causes you to lose control, you should avoid. Again, we're just talking about self-control here. You know, if you're somebody that has a problem, for example, with pornography, you should avoid as much as you can. You need to exercise self-control. You need to get away from things that would lead you in that area. Is that okay? Yes. Come on, we should be able to talk about this because these are things that we struggle with. Is that okay? Yes. Some people have different struggles. Everybody has different things in different areas where they may struggle. And the Bible wants, to, wants us to change. Yes. Why? So that you can become spiritual. But it also talks, Paul, specifically when he talks about the difference between a carnal man and a spiritual man, he doesn't even go after those kind of things. He goes more after your attitude. You know, he's going after the way that, you, you know, you're envious, the way that you respond. You know, when something doesn't go your way or someone upsets you. Listen, when someone upsets you, how do you react to that? How do you respond to that? Are you exercising self-control? One of the most damaging things for believers and the reason why is because actually our mouths are very powerful. So one of the most dangerous things for us as believers is how we speak, what we say, how we respond. Amen. You keep looking at that ceiling. Proverbs 29 verse 11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A wise man holds them back. So when, when, you've, when, when you're faced with something and, and challenges come your way, are you able to control? Are you able to exercise some self-control? Listen, by now, you've been in church a long time. You've been serving God a long time. I'm not saying that you must be perfect, but it's time that we start exercising self-control. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's it's it's. How can, how, can we be, how can we be serving the Lord, wanting to lay hands on the sick and, and, and pray for people and prophesy to people, but we still say the F word to our wives? You know, you, when you get all mad, you know, you, you, get, oh, you, and you start cussing them out. Come on, guys, we're not supposed to be that way. We need to be transformed. We need to be changed. Are you with me? And wives, don't celebrate too much. I know some of you are really, really, you know what I mean. Let's stop there. What I'm saying is, is that after serving God for a period of time, we must begin to transform. That's the danger in, well, you know, everything is done for me. No, yes, everything is done for you, but now you must pick up the tools, pick up the things that God has given you and begin to change. Otherwise, you will forever be carnal. God, God loves you, but He wants more for you. That's why Paul prays. 
that, you know, that the people will come to the knowledge of God, that the eyes of the understanding will be enlightened. The more you know God, the more you serve God, the more you desire God, the more He opens your eyes and you begin to see things. That's when you begin to move in, as a spiritual person. But let me tell you something. The more you grow before you get more from God, the better for you. Many times people, they, they skyrocket, they go so fast, they haven't had a chance to even begin to see transformation in their lives. Quickly up, boom, quickly down. There is a process of transformation. Fruit is something that has to be planted. It has to be cultivated. It takes time to develop. And I want you to know that it requires you to respond. So the Holy Spirit will always be there trying to teach us how to handle situations, how to respond to situations. So when someone says something, even if they're wrong, your response will, will, will determine the outcome of your growth from that situation, how you respond to it. And it's, it's, listen, it's not easy. It's not easy. I'm not standing up here, I have it taped. No, I don't. We have to learn. We have to grow. Are you with me? But we must have this desire to see this change, to see the growth. It's, 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 imp it's so important, guys, because your understanding will never, you will never go beyond what you know now until you begin to change. God wants to give you more, show you more, open your eyes, use you more, but you must begin, to, well, you know, I'm, I'm never, I'm so angry, I'm never going to hold it against him forever. You can't. That's not the nature of God. You have to let it go. You have to forgive. You have to choose to submit to Him. Submit to God. Everybody say submit. submit. You see, before you resist the devil, you first have to submit. Amen. Then you can resist. And then he will go. Submitting to God also means exercising self-control. Again, it's a process but we must have a desire to work on it. Amen? All right, let's go on. You guys okay this morning? All right, great. I'm so glad. <laughs> the Bible says in Proverbs 25, verse 28, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. In other words, listen, a city with broken down walls means that he is not protected. So if you don't exercise self-control in your life, especially in the areas that you know that you have weaknesses, and we all have that, you must begin to exercise self-control. Otherwise, you become defenseless in that area, and the enemy will attack you there over and over and over again. And you will struggle to grow spiritually. How many of you want to grow spiritually? Okay, now... I'm going to show you from a story in the Old Testament of a situation where someone exercises self-control, but I want you to see a powerful principle this morning because their motive for exercising self-control is what's so profound and powerful. And this is what I desire with all of my heart to teach you. If you can get this right, guys, you will have a winning recipe to success in your walk with the Lord. How many of you want that? Come on. Amen? All right. You all know the story of Joseph, right? So I'm going to pick it up, but let me just give you a little bit of background. Joseph, Joseph gets thrown into a pit by his brothers because they're jealous of him. 
he ends up in slavery, but he ends up in Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, he experiences great favor of God. But he is someone that is close to the Lord and desires to please the Lord. Let's take a look at what happens. Genesis 39, verse number one. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. Everybody say, the Lord was with Joseph. Everybody look at me. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have given your heart to Jesus, I want you to know that the Lord is with you. He is with you. You could take it to the bank. The Bible tells us that when we give our lives to Him, our hearts to Him, the Holy Spirit comes and He lives on the inside of us. He is with you. Come on, that's reason enough right there to give Him a shout. He is with you. So Joseph had an advantage. Even though his situation was absolutely devastating. I mean, he's in slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. But when he gets there, the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. Verse number two. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight. I want you to know, listen to me. If God is with you and you are faithful to God and people can see that the Lord's hand is on you, they will have favor. They will have favor because of you. Because of you, they will have favor. Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had. He put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Can you believe that? Because of Joseph, the Egyptian's house was blessed. There we go. Where you are, your family, your household, your business, where you work can be blessed because of you. Because of you. Why don't you be the person that makes the difference? When you walk in the room and all the other waitresses and waiters are all morbid and all terrible, you walk in there with a step in your bounce or a bounce in your step and a smile on your face and you say, the Lord is good, the Lord is good, and you stand there, everything can change. You can change the atmosphere of your workplace. When you walk in the room, and the Lord... And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the, in the house and in the fields. Verse number six. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. There's his problem. <laughs> and it came to the, <laughs> Oh, no. Just, I must not say anything. Let's just move on. Verse number seven. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, and she said, lie with me. I don't think I need to explain that to anyone, right? So Joseph is honoring the Lord. He's honoring his boss. And while he's doing this, the one thing that wants to bring him down, which is Potiphar's wife, decides, listen, you're a handsome guy. 
and I really think that you should lie with me. But watch this. Verse number eight. It says, but he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. He recognizes how blessed he is. He says, there is no one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, but you are his wife. Now watch this. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, you've missed it. That's the key. He recognizes that he works for Potiphar. He recognizes that this is Potiphar's wife. But what he understands more than anything and what's in his heart is that he is not going to do this because it is going to offend the Lord. He does not want to sin against God. You see, every time something comes your way, every challenge that comes, every situation that comes, I know this is difficult. You need to check yourself. Are you concerned? Are you even worried a little bit that this might offend God? And I want to tell you, I'm here to tell you this morning in Vera Beach, and we're almost going to have a hurricane that's not going to come here, so don't worry. Okay? If you're not asking yourself that question, is this that I'm about to say, I'm about to do, I'm about to look at, I'm about to think, is this, is this not going to offend the Lord? If you're not doing that, something is wrong. You see, that's why the Bible speaks about him being our first love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. You see, that's what he had right. He understood, listen, listen, this is going to be bad for Potiphar's wife. This is going to be bad for me. But the thing that he was most concerned about was that this would offend the Lord. This was the thing that was driving him to make the right decision. That's why any time something comes, any challenge, any situation, any lustful situation, any thing where you have to fight with your mouth or you're supposed to say something, anything that comes, you need to ask yourself the question, is this going to offend the Lord or not? Is this sinning against God or is it not? And if you can get that right, guys, you have a winning recipe. It's so funny, before I read the scripture, I said this to Naomi. I said exactly this. I said to her, you know, I've realized that one of the greatest keys to walking with God is that everything that you do, your first priority should not be to offend him. You know, I don't want to hurt my wife. There are things I don't want to do because I don't want to hurt her. But, but, I, but I, I must tell you that I first don't want to offend him. Because there's a lot I can do when she's not looking. But he sees everything. Amen. He knows everything. So you can get away with a lot, but know that the one who really counts the most is aware of everything going on. True spiritual growth happens on the inside. And the Holy Spirit's the one that's helping develop you and change you and transform you all the time. And he knows and sees everything. No one knows your heart except for him. Sometimes it's even hard for you to know your heart. I said to somebody this last week, 
You know, we often have this saying, we say, well, you know, God knows my heart. You're right, he does. <laughs> well, you know, God knows my heart. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> the Bible says the heart is, is, is wicked. It's, it's, it's deceitful above all else. It's desperately wicked. So what's important is where is your desire? Is your desire to please him? Is your desire to go after him? And if we begin to do that, we will become stronger in the area of self-control. Now watch what Joseph does, because this is really powerful. Watch this now. Don't worry, I'm nearly done. I know what that means that you don't. <laughs> so Joseph says in verse number nine, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. So you must understand this challenge, this thing was coming to him every day. She was challenging him constantly. That he did not heed her. So he made a decision not to listen, to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. I want you to picture this. This Egyptian woman comes and grabs a hold of him. And he's like, I'm not going to sin against God. And he like gets out of his garment and leaves it there and he runs. And I want you to understand something. Every fleshly part of him is going, oh, this is going to be awesome. I want to do this. But he's saying, I do not want to sin against the Lord. I do not want to do wickedness against the Lord. I'm going to get out of this garment. I'm going to leave it right there. And he makes a decision to run away. He makes a decision to get out of that situation. See, that's what's going to happen. You'll be put in situations and you have a decision. What will you do? Will you make a choice to leave it, to run away from it, or are you going to stay in that place? You have a choice. The interesting thing is that he does the right thing, but he ends up in prison. You see, don't think that it's always going to go well, even when you make the right choice. You see, sometimes when you exercise self-control, the results will still not be positive. But know this, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is watching you. And as you submit to him, so you will begin to step into everything he has for you. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a big shout of praise. Come on, give the Lord a big shout. He's got plans for you. He knows the thoughts he has for you are good thoughts. Hallelujah. What's interesting is that he eventually becomes the second most important person in all of Egypt. Every dream that God had given him would never have come to pass if he didn't go to prison. But the key to his success was that he chose to submit himself to God and his heart did not want to let the Lord down. And he exercised self-control. Watch this. He ran away. The Bible teaches us in the book of Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men. In other words, there is nothing that you will face 
that every other person out there in some point or in some way will have to deal with. But here's the good news. God is faithful. Come on, somebody say, God is faithful. It says, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Listen, sometimes when we hear that, we think, well, it's, you know, God knows how much I can handle. Yes, he knows how much you can handle, but you must read the next verse. Because the next verse is really important. It goes with it. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, just like Joseph, who made a decision in the moment of temptation, in the moment of choosing how he was going to respond, instead of submitting to it, what he did was even, he even lost his clothes in the process because he chose to run the other way. So it is with us when we know that there are things that we have to face, difficult things that we have to face, run from them or keep quiet in that moment or choose to get away from it, go outside, take a walk, whatever it is. And let me tell you that every time you have a victory, you will become stronger in that area. That's what cultivating the fruit is. You become stronger. If you're an angry person, if you're able to just hold back, just stay calm. Go and walk outside and say, Lord, I've got this anger in me, but I'm going to submit myself to you. I'm not submitting to this anger. Instead of cussing and going crazy and acting out, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's not what God wants for you. And afterwards, you feel even worse. Right? Or maybe it's watching pornography. Get away from it. If you start and you're on Facebook or you're doing something and you see something there, instead of clicking on it, just say, listen, I'm not doing it. I'm going to be like Joseph. I'm going to run away. Yeah. Hallelujah. And guys, let me, let me tell you something. And I say this a lot, but I, I mean, I, I, I'm really, as a, as, a, as a father, as a husband, I'm trying so hard to let my children see God in me, to let my wife, my wife too, not just my children. I want her and my kids to see that I'm the real thing. Not the pastor, just a servant, a man of God. I want my family to say, man, he really does love the Lord. Does that mean that I will never get angry? Definitely, definitely not. <laughs> but, I, but I can choose to turn and run away from it when it comes my way, deal with it. And I have seen in my own personal life, in areas that I've struggled, how God has given grace to me because I choose to do what Joseph did. I choose to say, I'm not going to, Lord, I do not want to offend you. I do not want to sin against you, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to think this. I'm not going to, whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you can do it, you can have victory. And just like Joseph, you will fulfill your destiny. And part of that is to become more spiritual. You will become more self-controlled. You will have become a stronger, more sensitive Christian to the Spirit of God. And that's where He wants us. I desire to see the power of God manifest in 
in this church, in the lives of people. I desire signs, wonders, and miracles. Listen. And if you're sitting there and you go, well, only a wicked and perverse generation seeks after a sign and wonder, you don't understand the scripture. God doesn't have to prove anything to me. I love him already with all of my heart, but I also know who he is. I know what he's like. I know what he does. And if we can, as a body of believers, begin to worship Him right where we are in our circumstances, in our situation, with all our faults, with all our weaknesses, with all our shortcomings, if we can say right now in this place this morning, Lord, today, the way I am, I just surrender to You. I give my heart to You. I can tell You, You will see His glory. You will see His hand upon your life, the likes of which you have never even imagined. Come on, somebody, if you have just a little bit of faith, stand to your feet and give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, when you get revelation, sit down for just a minute. When you get revelation, when you get revelation and you understand that the word of God is true and it actually has power to bring transformation and change, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Rejoicing is not, eh. Rejoicing is rejoicing. But you know what? The Bible is so awesome because it doesn't just say rejoice in the Lord. It says, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord some praise. He's not going to leave you where you are. If you desire more of Him, if you pursue Him, He will not leave you where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not easy. It's a tough subject. I've gone after some really challenging things and Maybe some of us are struggling with. Some of you might be struggling with it. I have no struggles. (laughs) Life as Pastor Alex is just awesome all the time. I like floating clouds and stuff like that. (laughs) There's only one thing I know for sure. Tomorrow, I don't want to be the way I am today. I want God to change me. I want to draw closer to Him. And that's, that's my desire for you guys, is draw close to Him. Listen, guys, serving God is anything but boring. It is, the, it is, it is life's adventure. That's what it is. But God is looking for the Josephs, those that will say, Lord, I do not want to sin against you. No one was looking. The gods were gone. All the security was gone. It was just Joseph and Potiphar's wife that could have been the moment. No one would have known. But he knew that the God, the only God, would have known. And he was like, I'm not going to do it. Listen, Joseph made mistakes too. He wasn't perfect. Thank God, right? (laughs) So... It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've come from or where, what's going on right now. It's, what's important is what you're going to do in this moment, this morning. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just, we're so grateful, so thankful to you, Lord. 
When we read things like the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, love, self-control, joy, peace. Father, some of these things, we struggle with them. But I pray, Father, in our pursuit for you, that you would transform us. That this fruit of the Holy Spirit would be cultivated in our lives. That as we pursue to know you more, Lord, so we would also be changed more and more into the image of Christ. This is our desire. This is my prayer this morning for every person in this place, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. Change us, Lord. Don't leave us where we are, Father. We desire more of you. If you've come into this place this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I have never really given my life to Jesus. Or you say, listen, I might have lifted my hand once, but I never really committed my heart. I've never been in that place like Joseph where I say, listen, I really want to serve God. I want to follow God. I don't want to not do His will. I want to follow Him with my whole heart. If you're sitting here and you say, I need to give my life to Him, my heart to Him, and really mean it this morning, if that's you, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Don't hesitate. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Anybody else say, Pastor Alex, that's me. I have never really, God bless you, never really committed my heart fully to the Lord. This morning, I want to do that. I want to really give my life to Him, my heart to Him. I mean business this morning. It's not just because there's no, there's no pressure, there's no hype. It's your choice. Like Joseph had a choice, you have a choice. If that's you and you say, that's me, I want to do that, just raise your hand. I'll include you in this prayer this morning. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, man. If you're sitting here this morning, God bless you, sir. And you say, listen, I, I used to serve the Lord, but I, but, I, but I haven't served Him for a long time. And, and my heart's gone cold. And my life is not really, has not really been a testimony of serving Him. And you say, this morning, I want to give my heart back to Him. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand and I'll include you in that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. You with the blue shirt next to the person with the blue shirt. Listen, you've got your hands still raised. Put it down real quick. No one needs to know I'm talking to you. God's going to change your life. Listen to me. God is about to change your life. He is about to completely transform and change your life. Take a hold of this word this morning. You will see everything will begin to shift and change. I believe that the Lord is saying to you, listen, begin to make the right choices. Begin to make the right choices and you will see the hand of the Lord in your life. Your family is going to change. There's going to be a lot of change, a lot of great change. The, Lord, the, hands, Lord, the hand of the Lord is on you this morning. Many of you that have raised your hands. Before I, before I close off and we begin to pray, is there anybody else that says, Pastor, just include me. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else say, include me. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, guys. Let's all stand. Let's all stand this morning. Amen. Many people's hands have gone up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you raised your hand, don't leave now. I want you to just listen to me, please. This is something that has to come from your heart. You have to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and the Bible says you will be saved, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died on the cross, rose again, and you will be saved. You, your whole life can be changed and transformed in the name of Jesus this morning. I believe that God is going to touch many people in this place. Ma'am, 
The, Lord's, the Lord is going to bring great transformation to you. Don't worry about anybody. The Lord's going to bring great transformation to you. Great transformation. This is a genuine decision this morning. If you raise your hand, pray this prayer from your heart. Church, let's all pray it with them this morning. Let's stand with everyone that raised their hand. Let's pray this. Say, Father, I come to you this morning. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father. Fill me now, Holy Spirit. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Let's give the Lord a big shout. Amen. Let me tell you, heaven is celebrating this morning. Hallelujah. Church, let me tell you, there's been a great shift this morning. There has been a shift that's taken place in the realm of the Spirit. God is about to open doors for many of you. Many of you have been waiting for breakthrough. I'm telling you, you will testify how God is going to give you breakthrough. There is change coming for many of you. Father, I give you thanks. I give you praise. Now I pray that you bless your people this morning as they leave this place. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. Know that you are favored, that His grace is with you and sufficient for you. You run your race and run it with the joy of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an awesome, awesome week.